This evening's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, in the Church Bibles, page 991, page 991, Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Edmund, and uh, good evening, everybody. Oh, there is a good evening. Excellent. It's good to be with you. Um, Let's uh, take a moment to pray, shall we? Let's pray. Uh, God, our Father, we do thank you for your word, and uh, we pray now that you will teach us um, what it means uh, to love you and to love our neighbour. Would you help us by your spirit, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? That's the question, isn't it? It's a great question. Um, Sure, it's coming from a, a Pharisee who was asking really just to to try and trap Jesus. But it's still a great question, isn't it? What could be more important than to find out what God thinks is the most important commandment? What God, our creator, wants more than anything for us? What does God want for us? This is absolutely foundational to our discipleship. Now, uh, sometimes when Jesus asks a question, he, he either dodges it for good reasons or he uh, gives a, a parable. But here he's very straight. He just gives them the answer. And of course, Jesus is the right person to ask, isn't he? He's the right person to ask. He's the son of God. He was there in the beginning. He is uncreated. He is our creator. And so more than anyone, he should be able to tell us the answer to the greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment is in us saying to us what we're actually made for. What we're made for, what we're created for. As I was thinking about this, I, I was recalling um, Nathan, my middle son, uh, loves to uh, be really creative, especially with um, Lego and things like that. And uh, you can find him late into the night um, making things in his bed. And sometimes he, he will show me Um, this thing that he's created, and I say, that's great, son. Uh, What is it? (laughs) Um, Because it's not always obvious, but he says, Dad, it's obvious what it is. Um, And it does this, it it kills aliens, or it uh, flies around the space and stuff like that. Um, Nathan made it, and only therefore Nathan knows what it is made for. And that's really helpful, isn't it, when we think about God. Want to know what the greatest command from God is, and you want to know what our lives are for, then ask Him. He's the Creator. So here we go. Jesus says, verse 37 Love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love. There it is. You were made for love. Sounds very simple, doesn't it? Love God. Love others. And this shouldn't surprise us, because the one God has revealed himself in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity, what we call the Trinity. It expresses love. Because if God were just one person, what we call Unitarian, say just the Father, how could God be love? For love always implies a relationship with another. Love is something one person has for another. And so God is love, it says in 1 John 4. He didn't create it. He didn't have to learn it. Love is in the essence of who God is. I suppose it's a bit like the the stick of rock you get at Brighton and you see Brighton written all the way through it, don't you? Wherever you chop it. If you were to chop God, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, Wherever you find love would be in the essence of God. God is love. Now, the talk of Trinity can quickly descend into confusion and abstraction. Sometimes it's it's difficult. But in order to help, um, some have described um, the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a dance. Don't worry, I'm not going to dance. But I think that's really helpful for us. A divine dance with each person in the one God Loving and adoring and worshipping and rejoicing in each other. How do we think about this? Have you ever done Scottish Cayley dancing? Um, I'm sure there's a few nods there. And if, uh, if William is here, Will, Will's here, he's Scottish, yes, he'll know all about it. I had to do a lot of Scottish dancing because I, I grew up in Scotland. And you had, it was part of the curriculum, in fact. And it was a terrible experience because when you were about 14 or 15, all the girls had to line up on one side and all the boys on the other side. And, and the boys had to go and invite the girls to dance. I mean, that's it's horrendous, isn't it? I don't know whether they do anymore, but it was just awful. And I remember I had to finish up um, dancing with the teacher, which was even worse. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I'm not telling you that. For <laughs> Anyway... Um, it's a dance. Some dances um, involve you and your partner, and sometimes join up with other partners. But you join with your partner in a in a in quite passionate, energy-filled dance, moving around. Um, and often in Kaylee dances, you find you're moving around in 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 a circle, aren't you? And, and as you spin round together, in which direction are you being pulled? You're not going to be pulled, are you, inwards, into itself. Neither are you going to collapse on yourself. No, the pull is always outwards, isn't it, when you're in a dance in that way? The pull is outwards. The scientists, if you're will talk about centrifugal force. The motion of the dance causes us outwards, which moves us from the centre. Now, love, God, is always like that. Love always expands, it, it always shares, it always bubbles over, it always overflows, it always opens up, it always flies off, it always spins off when you're in that dance, in all directions. 
Think about when we say, oh, so-and-so has a loving home. What do we mean by that when we say that? We say that because we picture in our heads a very open, welcoming, hospitable house, don't we? Or when we say, I belong to a loving church, what do we mean by that? We mean that everyone is welcome, everyone is cared for, people are on the fringes. I say, you know, come in and and we'll, we'll welcome you and love you. You see, love... And therefore, God is an expansion. It's expansive. It's outwards, looking to overflow, to propel out from that central dance beyond itself. The deep love of this communal dance as Father, Son, and Spirit, it just cannot be contained in that. And it just overflows. And it overflows in creation. Creation is an expression of that love. If you think about it, we see this reflected in a love between a a man and a woman, don't we, in marriage. They share everything with one another, not just um, the home, but economically, uh, financially, socially, physically. And in the dance of love, of, of marriage, what the total commitment to another, what sometimes overflows, procreation, doesn't it? A baby may come. Why? Because love expands. It spins out into a baby. That's the image, and therefore they have the image, don't they? Of You can see that sometimes of their father or their mother in them. Human procreation teaches us a lot about divine creation. For just as the love of the husband and wife overflows in the creation of children, so too the deep Love of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit spins out in creation of the universe. It's an amazing thought. And that's why you and me, we have infinite value and infinite worth as human beings, no, no matter who you are. Even if you were the product of some loveless conception, you are just as loved by God because he's ultimately the one who's created you who ultimately conceived you in the love of God. And that truth, therefore, gives you an enormous amount of dignity and worth and value. So how does this relate? Back to the, to the commandment, the greatest commandment, the reason for our being, our purpose. Well, we were created in love, in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is love. And that means we were made like God, to love. That's God's greatest purpose for us in life, in all of our, in everyday life, everywhere. That's what God wants for you and me more than anything. (coughs) True happiness, true joy, true love. Imagine that there was um, somebody you admired more than anybody else in the world. Somebody you loved and you wanted to be with. And that person makes you happy, uh, that he or she uh, brings you joy and inspires you. You would do anything for them, wouldn't you? You would do anything for them. You, you, you might even die for them, wouldn't you? Now imagine you find that person and they feel the same way about you and it leads you into that deep friendship uh, or in, into a deep covenant marriage. What would that be like? It'd be like heaven, wouldn't it? Well, it would be like heaven because that is what heaven is like, where God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is. 
In fact, heaven is a world of love. Uh, I don't know why, but I was reminded of that. Um, no, some of you won't remember 1991, but you remember that song, Look Into My Eyes? You will see what you mean to me. Search your heart, search your soul. I'm not going to sing it. I, um, everything I do, I do it for you. Um, something about our lives, I will even die for you. Brian Adams, 1991. 16 weeks. I can remember as it well. So, uh, 16 weeks and number one. Um, and uh, is that in that song, we, the reason it was so popular is because it, it, it got to the essence of what we're all searching for, isn't it? Um, but often we don't know where to find that love. Well, it exists, and we find it, and we can see it here in the, the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that longing, that desire, that hope can only find uh, it, it uh, in him. That's our purpose, that he is us, the source of all love. Jesus has no hesitation in saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love God. Love God with everything that you've got, all your passion, all your intelligence, all your prayers. Love him as we've been started the service, when you're on the train or when you're in the hairdressers or when you're at work or when you're at your desk or when you're making a deal, when you're cooking the dinner, wherever it might be, wherever you find yourself. Why? Is it because God is somehow an egomaniac, some sort of attention seeker who, who's really needy and, and somehow insecure? And uh, No. Love God because of the joy in knowing that God first loved you. Know that he first loved you. This, I think, is really important. helps us to steer away from that idea that God is somehow an egomaniac. Realize that he first loved you. Um, this is what the essence of verse 37 is. Love the Lord your God. Did you, did you notice? We can sort of bypass that word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Your God. This is really important not to miss. He is your God. He is my God. He is our God. In, it, in that phrase, your God, you see, in, the, in essence, the, um, the whole of the gospel. In God, in this, God is saying, I am already yours. I, I created you. I've always been with you. I'm searching for you. I'm looking for your return. Even when you walked out on me and went the other way, after other loves, after other people, after other things, even when you rebelled and you rejected me and told me to get lost, even when you disobeyed me and ignored me and laughed in my face, even after that you slapped me in the face, I came after you because I still loved you. I came into this world for you. My love compelled me. I died for you. I rose again for you. I offered you an inheritance. I want to call you my children. I want to make you sons and daughters and heirs of everything that I have. That's the extent of what it means to be your God. Listen to how John puts it in his first letter in uh, chapter 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And he ends in verse 19. We love because he first loved us. You see, we are not just... um, Created to sort of respect God. We're not just created to, to just sort of know him in a kind of abstract, to just believe in him, just to kind of acknowledge his existence or to think about him from time to time. No, we are made to love God. That's what we are made for, to center our whole world around, our whole lives, the whole life discipleship thing, isn't it? To take our place in the divine dance. That's what God wants us to do. And that because becomes so much easier when you realise that he loved you first, actually. If you realise that he went after you first, that he knows you and he's loved you before you were even born, even thought of by your parents. It's his passion to serve you and delight in you and to adore you and to enjoy you forever. And this in turn helps us to to love others, as verse 39 says. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. It's interesting, isn't it, the teacher of the law comes and asks only for the greatest command, but, but Jesus um, can't help himself here to say there's two, really, doesn't he? Why, why does he do that? Well, because they're so inextricably linked, aren't they? To talk about love of God, which goes out to others within God, the community of God, then, of course, that means that we go out. We spin out to love others. We must learn to dance. We need to dance with God, to, to spin out and look for the interests of others, at least in the same way that you look out for the, your own interests. Love your neighbour as yourself, as 1 John 4 says. Since God has loved us, we ought to love one another. Do we love one another? So let me finish with some some applications. Um, I've got a a handout um, that you can take away that's got a few things that you might be interested in to look at during the week, if that's helpful for you. But Jesus here uh, is quoting um, Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6 where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Very, very important. If you go on and encourage you to look at Deuteronomy 6, it says this in Deuteronomy 6, just after he says, love the Lord your God. It says, impress them, this, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What's he saying? He's saying, do not forget this. That's basically what he's saying. Don't forget this. Do everything you can to remind yourself about this. So my challenge is, well, how are you going to remind yourself about this this week? I've got a handout, but there may be loads of other ways in which you can do that. How are you going to learn the lesson of loving God and loving uh, this uh, and loving our neighbour. You, you could, you could, for example, and I've done this on the, the handout. You might want to write a prayer, 
centred around um, these two verses. Something like, dear Lord, you are my God, so please help me to love you with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and help me to love everyone I meet today in the same way I love myself. Shape me as a person of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe make that your prayer. Um, morning and evening, it's very simple. I'm going to try and do that. Perhaps you like poetry uh, or song, but um, there's a great poem called Love by George Herbert. Yes, it's written in 16, I forget, 16-something, 16 1633. And you've got to work with it, but it's a beautiful, a beautiful poem, and it's on the sheets about love. I won't read it now because we're going to um, move on. Thirdly, perhaps you could write reminders up in your home. Do you have a whiteboard? Do you have something where you could write this verse up so you don't forget? Screensavers. I don't know. Let's think about ways in which we can learn the instruction of Deuteronomy 6, which is what Jesus is quoting, for which the purpose we were made. Uh, Four, the thing is, no, it won't be easy. We are forgetful. Um, loving like God will be difficult. We are not God. We are fallen. We will fail. We can only do this by God's grace. We prayed that right at the beginning. Neil prayed us in that prayer that we need God to show us. We need his strength. We will need the daily renewing of the Holy Spirit to help us. And fifthly, it's hard, but don't forget It is God's greatest command for you. It is his greatest desire for you to join in the dance. That is what he wants. That you come to know and experience the love of God. To be caught up in that. That that is already going on between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So this is the answer to the question, what what is the greatest commandment? What is our purpose? What, What is our purpose in life? We often think, what am I for? What am I doing? Well, it's simply to love God and love neighbour and to love God and enjoy him forever. So we just take a moment to pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you that you are a God of love, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, We thank you that within you uh, there is love, love of the essence, that it wasn't created. Love has been going on in that great divine dance. We thank you and praise you that out of that span out whole of creation, us, Father, thank you and praise you that, that you love us before we loved you. And Father, as we see your love for us so supremely demonstrated in not only creating us, but redeeming us and saving us, we pray, Father, that we learn to love. We learn to join in that dance. That as we join in, as we love you, it would spin out into loving others to showing and expressing love in our, in our work, in our home, in, on the streets, when we're with a friend, when we're having coffee, wherever it might be, Father. Please help us. Remind us, Father, we're so forgetful. Show us ways this week in which we can remember and show love. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.